Let's turn to Matthew chapter 17 with me. Let me say this actually first. Matthew 13. We're going to be in Matthew 17, so if you're already there, just keep your place. We're going to read two verses. I want to talk this evening about the mustard seed. Um, and a couple things that God opened my eyes to as I begin praying about this and reading in Scripture the other day, and it just kind of stirred me. And so what I like about Wednesday night is, hey, we don't have to be in a hurry. Sometimes we get such a hustle-bustle, shame on us, but during morning worship, the crowds are bigger, and we got more stuff we, you know, going out, to, but we sometimes get in a hurry. But I like Wednesday night, and I'm not saying, <laughs> don't get me wrong, you're going, oh, now you're going to keep us till 9. That's not what I mean, but we, do, we can take our time, dive into the Word a little bit. That's to be honest, that's why I like Sunday school. If you're not going to Sunday school, I encourage you to go to Sunday school we can take our time in the Word, break it down piece by piece. Sometimes, uh, as a preacher, we we don't get we don't get the opportunity to do that during worship. We just try to, you know, preach till we turn blue in the face. <laughs> Matthew chapter thirteen. Look with me at verse thirty one and thirty two. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs. You see the transition, real quick, the transition between what starts as a seed, but what ends as an herb, or we could even see, say, a plant or a tree, you know. It is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Now let's turn to Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And nothing, understand this, this is not my words, this is his words. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. Now, we have to understand this in the context of what God's will is for your life. So you can't just think of anything and say, well, hey, he said it won't be impossible. I'm going to be a movie star. I'm going to get that BMW or whatever. That's not the point. It's in the parameters of God's will uh, for our life. But within those parameters of God's will for our life, which is a good will, a holy will, nothing is impossible. So we see this characteristic of this little grain of faith, of this little grain of mustard seed, this little seed here. But now I want to turn to Luke chapter 8, because I want to preface something before we dive in. Luke 8, starting at verse 11. Because once again, Matthew 13, he had spoken a parable about this seed of grain of mustard seed that was planted and became a great tree. Verse 11, now the parable is this. What are parables? Earthly stories with heavenly meanings, right? Something that we can understand tangibly on this earth, but have a supernatural spiritual meaning that sometimes we can't understand. I'm thankful that Jesus Christ could speak to me and come down to my level, something I can understand. I'm so thankful uh, that God's word is understandable. That's why I have the Holy Spirit. That's why I shame on so many people that says, well, 
I just can't understand the King James Version. You can't understand any of it without the Holy Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit, this word right here, as you see, is sometimes they say, oh, it's just too much harder to read. It's really not. That's why we open it up and we take it for piece by piece. But I say all that to say the parable is this. He understands it. He explains it without a doubt. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from what? The word of God. Do not expect for you to have faith without the word of God. Don't expect it. It won't come. It comes from the word of God. The more we're in this word, the more our faith will increase. Why? Because there are promises in that book that cannot be broken. There is power within the pages of this book. In fact, we're begotten by the word of God. We're cleansed by the word of God. And that's the thing. The parable is this. The seed, the seed that we're talking that will start small and grow big, it is the word of God. There's nothing outside. Don't go any further (laughs) in trying to achieve faith in your life. I want to have more faith. I want to have more assurance. I want to be a better Christian. It won't come without the word of God. It won't. I'm Sadly, I, I wish there was another way. But the parable is this. He explains it black and white. It's the word of God. And then he says, those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which when they hear, they receive the word with joy. And these have no root for, for which a while they believe and in a time of temptation fall away. And which fell among thorns are they, which when they had heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this world and bring no fruit to perfection. But on the good ground are they, which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Let me say this. There is no faith. There is no more than that seed. The seed is the word of God. And there is no growing that without the word of God. But this is what we always, when we understand this parable, when we dive in this parable, everybody always likes it. I wanted to stop this evening and see if I could find mustard seeds and hand them out. If if you've ever had one, most likely you've heard a sermon preached on it, or you've been in a Sunday school class where they've had it. They are very small, incredibly tiny, these mustard seeds, super tiny. In fact, in this time, that's why he says there in Matthew 13, it was the least of all seeds. It's so small. One of the smallest, in fact, they would have said, I looked it up today, in that culture, in that time, it probably was the smallest seed that they would have sown. But there's power and potential in that little seed. And that's what so often when we think of the faith of a mustard seed, what's the first thing we think of? What's the size of it, right? We say, oh, it kind of, thank goodness it's not the amount of faith because we just bail out. If that was the case, I'm so thankful that I can do in great things that I can ask, you know, as it says right there, that I can ask this mountain, say to this mountain to go yonder and it will move simply not because of amount of faith that is a small amount of faith we can have. Uh, we can have great power. I wrote this in my notes because that's the first thing that resounds to us when we look at it, the size of the mustard seed, because faith is such an overwhelming trait, but Christ doesn't say to us. We need the largest or we need the most. We just need it. We just need faith. We just need, even if it's a simple seed of faith, it's what changes everything. 
We just need some, even if it's a little. And even if you can barely see it, it's enough, right? Hebrews 11 and 1 says what? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things what? Not seen. See, this is what faith is. Even if we, and I know we all struggle with our faith. I stand up here tonight and say, I struggle with my faith. I wish I had more faith. You know, I wish my faith could move mountains in my life that I don't seem are moving. But I have to understand that it's not just about the size. We focus on that because it's easy to focus on it because it makes us kind of go, okay, good. I don't have to have any more faith. And that's not the point of it. The point of the, it's not the amount of the faith. It's the object of the faith. It's the object of the faith. Let me try to break this down to you because as I was writing this down and putting it in my notes, it kind of blew my mind because God, uh, let me just say it this way. Think of eternity, okay? Can you put a year on eternity? If you say eternity is 10,000 years, have you even scratched the surface? If you say eternity is 10 million years, have you even scratched the surface? No, you can't measure it. It's immeasurable. It's too big. So if you would say, all right, take eternity, and I'm going to take 25% of eternity out, what am I left with? Eternity, you know? And this is when we talk about faith in an unlimited, almighty, all-powerful God. If you say, well, that faith of mustard seed, that small measure of faith is 0.000001% of God's unlimited power, well, how much is that? (laughs) It's enough. (laughs) Thank you, Tim. It's enough. You can't measure it. If it's unlimited power, then how do you say, well, this is a measure of that unlimited power or that faith in that unlimited power? You can't measure it. That's why it really never was about the amount of faith because you're dealing with a God that doesn't work in our our concept. His ways are bigger than our ways. His, His thoughts are bigger than our thoughts. So I say, oh, this isn't enough. Surely it's enough because I've just brought it out of something that is all-powerful, unlimited. You know, and that's when he says, nothing is impossible. We think of that. We really don't believe that. Let's be honest. When we see that, we say, and nothing shall be impossible to you. First thing we say is it sounds good on paper, but it's not true. But it is true. It really is. We've seen it. We've all had something in our life that we say, there's no way that's what ever happened and it's came to pass and God got the glory. Why? Because nothing is impossible with him. That's what I love about it. But let's put this in perspective. I looked this up. Um, when a star dies, a star in the sky, when a, that's how big God is. But I want to put it in perspective of faith and how much power can be in a small amount of faith. So look this up. Uh, it's off of NASA.gov. I can't tell you if it's nowadays left is right and black is white. But I'm going to take it for what it is. When a star dies, its core collapses under the pull of gravity to form an exotic type of star. Average-sized stars like our sun leave behind what they call white dwarf stars. These stars contain about as much material as the sun. But gravity, this <laughs> too big for me, but gravity squeezes them down to the size of Earth. A teaspoon of white dwarf matter would weigh about 15 tons. A teaspoon would weigh 15 tons. It goes on. This is how big my God is. 
If that doesn't impress you, stars much bigger than the sun leave behind what they call neutron stars. These objects contain even more material than the sun, but they are only about 10 miles across, the size of a small city. A teaspoon of neutron star material would weigh about 4 billion tons. Mike, am I pretty much right? You're kind of all, that's, that's right down your line. I see you smiling back there. This is how big our God is. So when you hold a mustard seed in your hand and you say, this amount of faith can move a mountain, I say, absolutely. That's the kind of God we're dealing with. The point is, and this is what he told the disciples over and over again, man, you have no faith. (laughs) How long have I been with you, you know? Ye of little faith. If you would have had a little bit of faith in me, which is unlimited, man, we could have seen so much. Think of Bethlehem. Smallest of all of it, and yet out of Bethlehem we see. You know, think of Nazareth. What did they say about Nazareth when they told that Jesus from? We just read it on Sunday night. And Nathaniel said, Nazareth, is anything ever good came out of Nazareth? That little place, that little blip? You know, I think of the early church. Looked it up today. Approximately well, the last census that was done, 2010, I believe, as far as uh, how many Christians in the world, 2.1 billion Christians in the world today, approximately, started with what? 12 men. 12 men. 2.1 billion. This is, once again, when we think of faith, we think of small things, the smallest of all seeds growing into what? The greatest of all herbs, you know? But this is what God kind of blew my mind with. He said, oh, it goes way more than that. (laughs) When you talk about the mustard seed, you uncover so many other traits beyond just simply the size. I looked this up about the mustard seed or the mustard plant itself. They say the mustard is unlike any other because it is not affected by other plants around it. Let me explain. If you plant tomatoes close to jalapenos, you will get hot tomatoes. I never knew that. Is that true? Never knew that. What's that? Is that true? All right, thank you. (laughs) Many other plants and vegetables cannot grow around certain types of other plants and vegetables because they will take on the characteristics of what they are around. Certain plants cannot grow uh, near a black walnut tree or even near its roots because it will take in the toxins that the black walnut tree produces. However, a mustard plant can be grown around anything. It is not affected by its surroundings. Folks, we're talking about faith right here. How many times have our faith been affected by our surroundings? How many times has our faith been affected by our circumstances? That's not the same faith that Jesus is talking about. He didn't just miraculously or hypothetically grab a mustard seed. Ah, first one I grabbed. I guess I'll just have to use this as the illustration. No, every word in this book is inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. For what? For instruction that we'd have. So it, was, it wasn't by uh, coincidence that he grabbed a mustard seed. It should not be affected by anything around us. It says right this, you could plant a mustard seed right on top of a jalapeno seed and it will grow to be nothing but a mustard plant. It won't change it one bit. And this is the beautiful thing about faith. It should not waver 
about anything. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, right? Like a wave tossed to and fro. We're called not to be that. We're called to have faith like a mustard seed. And if you cook with a mustard seed, or better yet, dried mustard, even condiment mustard, you guys know, little is much when mustard is in it. (laughs) If you put a little bit too much dry mustard in a recipe, whatever it was became mustard that. That's what mustard does. It consumes everything else around it. It overpowers everything else around it. Our faith should diminish everything else around us. Our faith should be driving everything. That's really what the faith in Jesus Christ and the object of the faith, it should be overwhelming. Number two, it says mustard, unlike many plants, cannot become a hybrid plant. Let me understand this. Man has discovered how to create a cross-hybrid plant, taking uh, two plants and their DNA and cross-matching them to become whatever. I believe... Uh, and I never understood it. Seedless watermelon? Oh, best thing ever happened to me. You ever pick one of those things off the floor? You're almost impossible. <laughs> you know? But they said it was gene splicing and millions of dollars and put into this. And it's like I always wondered why doctors saying, I'm going to devote my life to cancer or to diabetes. And this guy over here is, well, I think melon is where I'm going <laughs> to. But anyways... It says, this way this works, it changes in DNA. For example, to get corn to be perfect corn that bugs won't eat, you can cross the corn DNA with cucumber DNA. The only way that they can get cucumber to accept the cucumber DNA is to introduce it through a virus, make the corn sick, so to speak, and then we'll accept the cucumber DNA and end up, end up as hybrid corn. But science has discovered, now I'm not putting my faith in science, but I believe God is the God of science, right? <laughs> But science has discovered that mustard cannot be made into a hybrid. Hybrid. The mustard seed can never be anything else than a mustard seed. <laughs> this is good. Man, when he picked it up, did they have any clue what he was meaning? My faith can be nothing else, else but my faith in Jesus Christ. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. Paul says he considered what? It all what? Dung. Saving Jesus Christ, no, saving Jesus Christ, him crucified. That's it. There's nothing else. My faith will not, cannot transform anything. It is what it is. And I, I love that too. My faith cannot be contaminated unless I allow it. My faith in Jesus Christ can be that. You know, it says it will inter, inter, intersect it with a virus or whatever. I just put this in my thing. It refuses all viruses, and there is no way to make it anything else than what it is. Number three about the mustard seed. We found this about the mustard plant, that it can grow in tenacious and unflavorable conditions. They say so many plants, it has to be, you know, oranges, apples. If you're not in a temperate, tropical you know, climate that certain plants won't grow. They say mustard can grow in the worst of conditions. I think of Corey Tinboom. <laughs> How can you not? Holocaust, you know, all the things that she went through. Think of Hudson Taylor, man of faith of God, in the worst conditions, and yet their faith was great. Their faith was great. 
You know, I think really all it takes is what we learned about the parable of the sower. I didn't read the first part of it. Just take soft ground. <laughs> if you have soft ground, then forget about the thorns and forget about the sun. If you have fertile ground, it can grow. This is the problem with so many people's faith. Our hearts aren't soft. They're hard. We're unmovable. We're unshakable. We need to be tender. We need to say we need to be pliable, moldable, adaptable. We need to be allowed God to say, "All right, this is what I'm going to do. Are you ready for me to do it?" Remember what he said in Isaiah? He said, "I bring a new thing I bring forth. Will you receive it? Will you see it?" You know, the question isn't what I'm going to do. The question is, are you going to accept it? You know, faith is easy until we're put in an unfavorable condition. Faith is easy to have when things are going good. But when you had the last couple days, Kayla, faith is hard, right? But it doesn't. But the beautiful thing about faith, the beautiful thing about the faith of a mustard seed, is it can grow despite that unfavorable condition. This, it says, you can find it along a sandy dirt road where there is very little earth and only received rain that comes once a year, and yet this plant will grow large and abundant. That must have been one of the main reasons that Jesus used it as an example of faith. The mustard seed grows in difficult circumstances and even in garbage or contaminated areas. It grows, I love this, it grows where other plants will be choked out, eaten by bugs or infected by disease. It basically says, I am a mustard seed and I will grow. This is the beautiful thing about God's word. You get in this word, you will get faith. And your faith, despite circumstance, will grow. You cannot come to me, and I'm trying to be as empathetic as I can, but I may not have been through what you've went through. You may have some hard times going on, but I can say without a shadow of a doubt, your faith can grow in that situation. You say, well, you don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You give me the worst situation, and I'll tell you your faith can grow because God's word says so. And I believe it. And we should take comfort in that because nobody else offers that to us. Nobody has that kind of assurance that uh, if you're just in bad luck, well, hey, sorry. Hopefully you get through it. I can't stomach that. I need a Romans 8.28 kind of faith that all things are working together for good. I need that, and I have that in God's word. Last but not least, and we'll close with this. The beautiful thing about a mustard seed is it, and we read it in Luke 13. I want to read that again, or Matthew 13. Which is indeed the least of all seeds, but when it is full, when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree. But look, it goes on. We read this. So that what? So that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. The beautiful thing about a mustard seed is it grows very big. They said it can grow up to 10 to 15 feet tall, some mustard seeds or some mustard trees, I mean. They can grow large. Why? It says that the birds will rest in its branches. Let me say this. What you're going through and why you need to have faith while you're going through it. I hate to break this bubble, bust this bubble for you. It may not be for you. It may be for someone else. Once again, the faith of the mustard seed grew to a tree that what? That others could rest in it. Someone may need your faith to get through what they're going through. Someone may need your faith to shelter them in their time of need. 
So easy to say, ah, I'm just going to have my pity party and just roll over until I get through this. That's fine and dandy, but what are you doing to be effective for the kingdom of God? There are people around, and I think of that, he says birds resting, and what does he say, two doves? Are you not worth more than five doves or two doves? I forget the, to paraphrase, but he says you're worth more than that. You know, and remember when he talked about the, the birds, he said, do they toil for food? Do they, do they labor for food? No, he said, how much more are you worth, you know, than the sparrow? How much more? And this is why he said, our faith is for us, yes, but it's not just for us. Our salvation is for us, but it's not just for us. It's to show other people that the faith we have in an unlimited God is enough for me, And it'll be enough for you. Because I'm thankful in times of my life when I was down and out and I didn't have any faith that I could go to someone who did and rest in the branches, so to speak, for a little bit of time. You know? And you know anything about birds, what do they do? They peck and they grab those seeds and they carry along. They get it stuck in there in their feathers, and as they fly out, they drop more seeds, and those seeds become trees, and those trees then produce more birds, and those produce... It's contagious. Faith is contagious. But so is misery. And so is discouragement. And whatever it is you're looking for in this word, you'll find. If you want to be a skeptic, there's plenty of things to be skeptical about. But I'm telling you, I like to have a hope. I like to have a faith that's, that's sure in my time of need. And, and I have that in this, in this word. So if you learn nothing else, one, it's not just about the size. I know we, we stick to that. It's about the object of your faith. If you're putting your faith in anything else but Jesus Christ tonight, I'm sorry, it will not amount to anything. <laughs> you could say, well, I'm putting my faith in so-and-so. Okay, well, you take that faith out of that, and he will, then his faith will diminish. But I can pull from the, from the supply of Jesus Christ, and it's unlimited. Well, I need a little bit more. I got plenty to go. I need a little bit more. No, I've got plenty. I never run out. But it's not just about the amount of faith, not just about the object of faith. You know, it's about that it's not affected by things around us. It's not anything else. It's not supposed to be mixed with anything else. You can't mix faith and doubt. (laughs) It's no hybrid. It is what it is. It's faith. It's got to be that. It can grow in the worst conditions. And lastly, it's large enough to shelter other birds. I hope you got something from it. Maybe you're going through something tonight. You need a little bit of faith. Hey, a little mustard seed. A little mustard seed will go a long way. You say, I don't have any. Do you have any? Maybe I got a little. (laughs) You know, that's what they say. I don't have any faith. Can you just get a little? Maybe I have a little. Well, a little is enough. In Jesus Christ.